we have returned <laughs> the the fine fine gentleman of loathsome things mm-hmm. your favorite horror movie podcast uh my name is john and mm-hmm. with me as always is my uh delightful co-host josh josh how's it going sir it's going good i am excited to talk about this movie a lot me too (laughs) uh uh so guys today oh john how are you i'm doing well I'm i'm doing well i uh had some time away uh got to spend some time in the middle of fucking nowhere and it was delightful so i'm happy to be back that is good. I did. I did like the photos. Uh, it it looked like horror movies that we watched. It actually kind of looked a bit like uh, uh, in the earth out there. It did actually. That's true. It's a very. The whole place was pretty much just a giant horror movie set. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find any uh, uh, stones sticking up out of the ground? Well, there were lots of stones because the entire area was formed by glaciers. So. Oh, neat. There were rocks everywhere. Oh, you know the geology of it. That's awesome. A little bit, but I mean, it's, you know, it was pretty cool. Very rad. All right. Well, today we are going to be uh, watching Beyond the Door 3 by Jeff Quitney, which is also known as, in anywhere that's not America, it's known as a muck train. <laughs> a muck train, and even apparently death train. Ooh. It's so ridiculous. Oh. It's a 1990 film, or yeah. 1989, depending on where you go. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is part of a trilogy that is in no way a trilogy. Did you watch the others? I've seen the first. I haven't seen the second one. Uh, it's, uh, is it bad? Yeah. It's a, It's unfortunate because the, well, the first one, uh, is is a 1975 complete and total ripoff of The Exorcist. Oh yeah, it's just like green pukey pus and nonsense business. It's terrible. It's an yeah. Italian film, and um, it but, but of course totally wor- worth watching. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's an Italian film shot in well partially in San Francisco, uh, and they go out of their way to have the people drive through all the obvious places that no local would ever drive in San Francisco, like <laughs> the Curvy Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's just, just taking a little drive down the Curvy Hill. <laughs> With their anyway, horrible children in the backseat. Yes, they're horrible children. And just that movie is <laughs> that movie is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one it was in the U.S. was released uh, under the title Shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyond the Door Part 2. Beyond the Door Part 1 was actually a success. Um, I don't know w- why. I know, which is why they decided to slap this name very rudely on what turned out to be Mario Bava's final movie. And and to be honest, that movie isn't terrible. Shock is interesting, quite unpleasant to watch in, yeah. in you know, the way that the Italians can make things very unpleasant. There's a... Uh, uh, the film revolves around like the husband is dead, and now the father is possessing the son in order to like be alive or whatever. So there's like some very uncomfortable, like the mother and son playing, and then all of a sudden the kid's just on top of her and making little grunting noises, and <laughs> her realizing that this isn't an okay thing, and the audience realizing, what did I just see? Wow, that's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way but, to go, Mario. Yeah. 
but it, uh, all in all, it's 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 an okay movie. Unlike unlike Beyond the Door One, which is just just gross. <laughs> pure, yeah, just pure, completely derivative schlock. Very common uh, in the seventies for Italian genre films to just just blatantly rip off successful films, you know, from somewhere else. Yep. And uh, in this case, it actually worked. And uh, it was it was so successful that they insulted Mario Bava so badly that he died. Um, <laughs> insulted Mario Bava to death. <laughs> when he released Shock. And then for some reason, which makes no sense, Mm-mm. 13 years later, a movie <laughs> about Satan and a runaway fucking train... Yeah. <laughs> is is made and they decide to call it Beyond the Door 3. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense at all. Nope. <laughs> it, it doesn't. Especially because there are a surprisingly like few number of actual doors in this movie. <laughs> There's not a lot of doors. Yeah, it's not a door-heavy film. <laughs> no. Really, it it is, however, a smoke heavy film. Yes, lots of uh, lots of cloud chasing going on, um, and we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> it's great. You should you should uh, you should just go watch it. It's it's uh, not a great movie, but it is great to watch. It is super entertaining. It's it's just ridiculous. It's as we're going to discuss. Uh, you know, it's it's just. There's just so much lunacy in it and just bad decisions and, and terrible effect. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch it and then come back. I, I mean, you could listen to this. It, we're not going to like we're going to spoil everything, but it's not going to ruin the experience for you. <laughs> it's not like you're going to care. You're like, oh, no, the ending, the secret ending. Yeah. They told me about the cool part. I've been waiting my whole life to watch this movie. <laughs> so go watch it, come back, and we're going to spoil the whole shit. And gleefully. Yes. John, uh, what's the big spoiler? <laughs> oh my god. Um, everybody except for uh, the main character, damn near everybody dies. Yep, damn near killed her. And pretty much any character of consequence, no, not pretty much, Literally every character of consequence dies except for the main character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and the saint that she fucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the big spoiler. Really, it is. It's the she fucked a saint. And the way that she figured that out is very convoluted. Um, it's so bad. We'll we'll save that, but it yeah. is so bad. Yeah. I guess we should do a little bit more backstory. So uh, Jeff Quitney uh, famously did one movie after this before ending his movie directing career and instantly switching to writing kids' cartoon television series. Oh, so bad. Bad ones, too. Uh, there's, for, for millennials, millennials pay attention because this is going to be like memories for you. He did episodes of Animaniacs. Uh, no, that's Str- not so bad. Yeah, Street Sharks and Cow and Chicken. Whoa. Yeah, Street Sharks is like, they're like, well, Ninja Turtles, what other animals can we turn into things like, what if there were four sharks that did like skateboards, roller skates, and and (laughs) inline skates? Oh, they're the ones that wear the shades and stuff? Yeah, yeah, the four cool shark dudes. (laughs) 
street sharks. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> uh, and then his career was over by 1998. Wow. And yeah. he's still going. He's still alive. He's still alive. He has done a total of four movies and 19 episodes of bad television. And then uh, I guess it was time to leave. <laughs> I think it was time to leave a long time ago. (laughs) Sorry, Jeff, but goddamn, dude. Also, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for this. Thank you. I loved your movie. Yeah. Uh, um, Beyond the Door 3 stars Mary Connert uh, as a stylized reproductive symbol birthmark having Beverly Putnich. Yeah, no uh, kidding. All yeah. things, no kidding. Yeah, and she uh, the movie is primarily concerned with how she just can't seem to get any privacy. <laughs> no joke. She is uh, she is not behind the door. No, <laughs> she is nope. right outside the door all the goddamn time. People just won't stop opening the door. <laughs> um, she is most famous for playing Ensign Tess Allenby, who formed a strong animosity towards. Wesley Crusher because she perceived him as blocking her own advancement on the Enterprise D due to his status as acting ensign in his regular bridge duty assignments in three yeah. episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Maybe that's our bonus content. John oh, has God. to watch TNG. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, she was in Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, uh, yeah, that was supposedly really bad. I never yeah. saw it. it. It had Wes Craven and Robert England in it, and it was set in the uh, in the same universe as Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that existed, but, oh, that sounds painfully amazing. Yeah, it sounds promisingly terrible. Yeah, just all the other bad things that happen in that town. Oh, also, she was on Highway to Heaven. She played Betsy. Oh, nice. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Don't care. It's a terrible movie. Oh, good. (laughs) Or a terrible TV series. Sorry. Yeah. Not a movie. Um, And then everyone else is just pretty much not worth mentioning as far as I could see. The only person I would mention would be uh, The Witch. (laughs) Oh, God, yes. You mean just warts ahoy. You mean Vesna? Vesna the Witch. Yeah. She was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She did a great job. And by that, I mean she was terrible. I don't know how she managed to do it, but it looked like her eyeballs were trying to bulge out through the fake contact lenses. It was very disconcerting. I don't know how they managed to get wine corks to stick to her face to (laughs) act as moles. (laughs) And, like, a million... A million spider legs sticking up the side as hairs. I can imagine casting. Okay, can you just get us a woman with no teeth mm-hmm. who smiles a lot? Yeah, who looks really excited about things. <laughs> that was, in case anybody wants to hire her, although I'm sure she's probably dead, her name is Olga Poznatov. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess that's part of it. This movie is pri- primarily set in Yugoslavia during the war. Yeah, it was literally shot in the middle of a civil war. Yeah, and and it really looks it. <laughs> it really does. There's even scenes where built, some of the buildings look pretty bombed out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, because of that, I had to go learn because uh, 
it, le, le, John, last week, if you had asked me, hey, can you point to Yugoslavia on this map, the current borders of the nation of Yugoslavia, I would have pointed because I had no idea. That there isn't one? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about this war. I didn't know about any of it. I'd be like, I don't know, somewhere around here. Yeah, they, it, it's shot in Yugoslavia, but they're, they're you know, it's basically in Serbian area, you know, like, because they keep referring to the main character is a Serb and all the people she's around are satanic Serbs and, you know, no xenophobia here at all. No, no. It made me realize, like, I, I haven't seen it, but I wonder, is a Serbian film, like, made by Croatians or something? No, I think it's made by a Serb who is, okay. is very much trying to comment on, like, you know, like, he actually had a, a point to that film beyond just being degrading and horrible, but... It's just impossible to watch. I will probably never know what that point was. No need. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um, okay, so this movie opens on a sliding on sliding metal doors uh, and uh, the kind that maybe you might slide open to shovel coal into a steam engine or something. Mm -hmm. And then the words behind uh, beyond the door three pop up and. Uh, that's that's it. That's the only conceit towards the series title. Yeah, and we never see that door again. I even paid attention. I was like, hey, maybe that's the door on the uh, train nope. uh, that where you shovel coal in. No, no, it's not. It's just a door. It's just some slidey door. That they must have shot at the last second. <laughs> you see, it's part of the trilogy. Yeah, because the first two beyond the doors were so good. <laughs> Let's do more door stuff. Let's do Runaway Satan Train. <laughs> um, during the credits, there's a platoon of Southeast Europeans armed with clacky rocks that come into view and approach the camera over the crest of, you know, like some grass. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's Jeff Quitney's very, uh, very early on wants to establish himself as an auteur, mm -hmm. uh, dispels that almost as quickly as he tries to introduce it. Yeah, uh, because he's he's adult. <laughs> uh, for for most of writing these notes, I had too quickly read his name and had him down as Jeff Quinty. Jeff Quinty. Yeah, which I think if I'd made that mistake, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, it's fine. Quinty is probably not a real name either, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, next, the, the movie goes to the horrible witch that later we will learn her name is Vesna. Vesna. Yeah. And uh, she has a mole that kind of looks like a giant piece of cheese that puffed up and blackened on the edge of a pizza crust. It's like somebody had made a buttermilk pie <laughs> and cut off like a round slice of it and just stuck it on her cheek. Yeah. And yep. it just magically is hanging there. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, that's where the button from my professorial jacket went. <laughs> that's right. There goes the eraser from the world's largest pencil. <laughs> and oldest. It has already erased so much pain. <laughs> so much erasing. Um, Vesna is playing a solitary game of tic-tac-tarot. Um <laughs> Very nice. And uh, she, the first card is from the uh, the 1894 edition of the most eligible Serbian bachelor's playing card deck. 
Oh, look, it's Grubst. Then across from that, she puts down the Beverly Age 12 card and then trumps it with the predestined, which is some baby. Yeah, an interesting layout of the uh, Tic Tac Tarot. Yes. Certainly, it certainly portends something interesting. Yes, yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't have chosen that arrangement, but, you know, I play my game differently. (laughs) That's correct. And you can see, so that helps. Yes. And uh, and since we were going with uh, some uh, certain era of kids' cartoons, I went ahead and I uh, would like to say that finally she flips over the blue eyes white dragon for the clutch victory. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Um, there's, there's a lot of chim- chimey and organy and drum dun dun music. And, it's very uh, dramatic. Yeah. And she finally plays the mother and father card at the bottom of Tic Tac Tarot. And, and no one cares. Yeah. And everyone's like, what? Oh. Oh, okay. They're down there. I wonder if I'll remember this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, the predestined that uh, comes into play later in the movie. A <laughs> thing you probably would not remember because I certainly didn't unless you go back and watch it again because you're stupid enough to review it for your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, watching this through the first time, I was not paying very close attention and got very lost. And I was like, wow, whenever I watch this again and pay attention, I'll I'll probably figure out what all this means. And man, that did not happen. I'm sure it'll make a lot more sense. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, it didn't. Oops. <laughs> it makes even less sense. We forgot that part. <laughs> Turns out my imagination is way better than this. <laughs> <thing. laughs> um, and all of this, the witch playing the tarot cards that she made, her like horrible homemade tarot, tarot cards. <laughs> Uh, is interspersed with a weird camera perspective walk down a horrible Yugoslavian aisle of some sort of black mass or sad wedding. Uh, Everyone has candles, even though there's a bright floodlight illuminating everything from what looks like a giant black curtain. Uh, Some people are dressed as regular old peasants, but many are dressed as a variety of priests, monks, and clerics. And they all all have like this white, crappy pancake makeup on or whatever so they all they they basically just it looked like a reunion like an like an 80 year reunion of all the surviving members of the 1990s black metal bands yes yeah everyone looked terrible yeah this is this is what if the entire population of yugoslavia was demu borgir (laughs) which Quite possibly is is what Jeff Whitney thought. Yeah, he's like, oh man, this is gonna be great. <laughs> Just totally gonna resonate. <laughs> um, and uh, then finally, uh, the witch Vesna plays the middle card, which is the Beverly's marriage card. Ooh, God. Yes, she's a soothsayer, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, that was the card she played, and not I don't know. Maybe we'll just get a train to come through town. Let's make a good movie card. (laughs) 
I don't know. It's so weird. And I don't know why Beverly, age 12, is the card. Yeah, what, what, the, what did that have to do with anything? I guess uh, I guess you got some... some uh, I don't know. That's when she hit puberty, I guess? I guess. I guess that's when she came into her menzies. That's when uh, she was ready for the plucking. Oh, God. Yes. I mean, God. Well, this movie is very concerned with her plucking. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and so I guess, yeah, I guess this means that Beverly is not the predestined because that's something else. Yeah. But yeah. I don't um, And then the movie transitions. This movie has very strange transitions. It'll just transition to a different scene <laughs> with no explanation and it won't really matter. Yeah, it, it, it will. Yeah, no kidding. And it'll, it'll intersperse shots from different scenes for for really no reason it doesn't there's no effect necessarily oh no this movie does not achieve it, it, it there are some times where the effects are quite effective but achieving effects is not really its uh, forte no no but it transitions to mrs curlman's freshman balkan studies class because <laughs> that's something people take in los angeles high school yeah freshman balkan studies <laughs> What the f- Mrs. Curlman. Yeah, Mrs. Curlman. I didn't catch that. That's that's great. Yeah, yeah, with the hair. She's got that share hair. She's got the curly hair. Yeah. Uh, and she's talking about uh, how, you know, it's great. You've got this opportunity for only $800 in 1990s money. You too can witness an ancient Balkan rite. <laughs> and she's talking to her freshman class, and everyone in here is like 28. No kidding, they are the oldest freshmen ever. Like, I could have believed that some of them were, like, high school seniors, but these are, everyone in here is at least six feet tall. (laughs) It's no shit. (laughs) So stupid. And haggard. (laughs) Haggard? (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, She says that they're going to meet up with Professor Andromalek. Which she says is a strong <laughs> Slavic name. I can't, I can't even hear that name without laughing. Yeah. yeah Professor yeah. Andromalek. Yeah, totally not the name of a horror movie bad guy. Nope. No. <laughs> not at all. Just a fine gentleman. Yeah. Teacher teacher apparently knows Professor Andromalek because she has shiny eyes when she says his name. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Then we switch to the shower scene where we see a poorly painted, quote, birthmark on the naked midriff of a woman. Uh, Mm -hmm. We also see lots of underboob, which quickly pans up onto full-blown pink nipples, uh, trying to make eye contact with the camera for a good long time. Yeah, lingers on that longer than the birthmark. (laughs) Yes, yes it does. And then finally it goes all the way up to Beverly's face. We can no longer see her nipples, and she is staring down and looking very uncomfortable at being in this scene. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, And just then, Beverly's mom opens the door and just stares at her. (laughs) Just bangs right in. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. knock or anything. Nope. Nope. She just stares at her daughter like some sort of boobs trying to stare directly into a camera. <laughs> uh, she talks to Beverly in Serbian, and Beverly insists that she can't understand Serbian. Which, of course, we find out later was bullshit. Yeah. 
Yep, like that's... so many things in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a real Chekhov Serbian. God. <laughs> um, <sighs> some stuff is said, and then it's there at the airport. Uh, Beverly insists that the people she's going to Yugoslavia with are not her friends. Her mother gives her a weird, creepy ancestral book. Yeah, which just and then the whole time Beverly is like pissy and just grouchy and being a total pain in the ass. And then her mom gives her the book, and then out of nowhere she just says, "I love you, mom." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it was like why? Because she gave you the shitty book that now. Now you have to carry that whole thing all the way to fucking Serbia? Yep, yep. Just add this to your carry-on bag. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. I'm sure you won't read any of it. Yeah, yeah. And don't worry, this book plays an important role throughout the rest of the movie. (laughs) Boy, does it pay off in the end, though. (laughs) Just an airport book, really. Well, it does it does show up later, and boy, am I gonna dump on it when yeah. we talk about it. <laughs> um, so so Beverly goes to get on the plane. The mother drives away in a really long non chase car scene. Yeah, a, a very relaxed car chase. Yeah, really. it's a. Yeah, it's just a lady in the back seat of a yellow car. That's just a yellow car. It's not a taxi, and you can see that plainly. Yeah, um, and the, the guy driving is wearing a red fucking bandana around his neck. That comes later. That's after it changes. Oh, yeah, that's Cause, right. Because, yeah, at first it's just she's driving around. There's, like, rush hour traffic. You you see an entire sequence of them taking the off-ramp and then, like, having to turn left at a red light. It's just thrilling. But then all of a sudden the regular yellow car turns into an actual taxi. You can even see the upholstery that she's in, like sitting on in the back seat has changed. And yeah, now she's now the driver is seen and it's like Crocodile Dundee's horrible uncle. <laughs> it's like Clem Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the yeah, the red bandana tied around his neck like an asshole. <laughs> Like some fucking five-year-old who thinks he's a cowboy. (laughs) Goddamn asshole. (laughs) They're passed by a freight truck hauling hundreds of steel girders. Uh, Then an asshole drives near them, forces the truck to slam on its brakes, which allows a loose girder to final destination its way through the windshield and murder the mother in the neck. Yeah. Because that was something that had to happen for a very important reason. It needed to happen. <laughs> it, it was a pretty groovy effect, except it was just like fake as hell, but it was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was great. You, you see it like go into her neck and then her head just pops off and you can see like the fake flaps of extra neck skin business. And, and the actor with like their arms waving around underneath with their head ducked <laughs> down into the dress. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> it really, I have to say the gore effects in this movie are really, they're, they're terrible, but they're so much fun. Yeah. They're, they're highly entertaining. They don't look real, but At I, all. I am so glad to have seen them. Yeah. I don't know what, I think Quitney in his mind thought he was making something serious. And I guess he, he saw those effects as too, too campy or something is the only thing I can imagine. But the whole movie is like that. And I guess he just didn't realize it because he's a twat. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, there are some effects like this is a good middle ground effect for this movie. Uh, there are effects that look way better than this. Yeah. There's also some that look way 
Yes. Yeah, that's so much worse. Yeah. This is at least not one of the scenes where the violence is inflicted upon an obvious mannequin. <laughs> oh my god. It's so good. It's like, wow, he turned into a mannequin. How did that happen? <laughs> You can just see his poorly painted eyes. <laughs> wow. He's it's just just really bad. <laughs> oh, okay. his finger paint. Yeah. It's terrible. Yep. <laughs> it's like they didn't even try. Nope. <laughs> like here kid, paint this mannequin. Uh, I don't know. Maybe on the train tracks. Yeah. Make that'll... it look like this guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, put a turtleneck on it. <laughs> Bingo done. <laughs> So then the seven youths make their way there in Belgrade, Serbia. Welcome to beautiful Belgrade. Uh, torn Belgrade. Yeah. Uh, they're met by a professor Andromelek, who is like a, a creepy Serbian pendulette who's just horribly tall and <laughs> terrifying. He has the worst fucking chin beard. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and a, a really, really weird cane that we never get enough of. Yeah, they the they must have paid top dollar for that cane because they just they just show it a lot. They do. The There's lots of cane business, but we never really get a good look at what the cane is doing. Yeah, I couldn't figure out if there was some sort of boning going on. on the it cane kind or... of looked like boning, but it also could have been anything else. <laughs> but the important thing to remember is that it it was very essential to the story. Yeah, it is front and center in many shots. <laughs> Um, let's see. He, uh, Professor Andromelik says a lot of nice things about these youths, uh, and then immediately begins scalding them for not walking fast enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Quickly establishes himself as a prick. Yeah. Uh, he then brings them over to a boat that looks like a floating double-wide trailer, and I would imagine it's probably called the Pride of the Yugoslavian Navy. <laughs> it's the, their finest boat. Yeah. Uh, we quickly learned that the professor knows Beverly's name, but not really the others so much. And he does not care about the others as much mm. as her. No, and that doesn't seem to concern her in any way. Or them. Or them, yeah. But it just keeps getting more intense as the movie goes on. Oh, God. And right before they board is the introduction of the first of a number of midgets in the movie that mm -hmm. have for no reason. Yep, yep. He uh, he receives a telegram hand-delivered by what I would imagine is Yugoslavia's own Willy Wonka. <laughs> he is wearing a crazy bow tie and a purple double-breasted suit. As, as one do. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he is a little person. Yeah. Uh, so the, the last person that, that they encounter when getting on the boat is a little person and sure enough when they get off the boat the first person they will encounter is a different little person yeah just i i don't know what was he trying to like make it who knows that that's so ham-fisted it's like oh we want you to think that you know these people are other and strange so we'll use a person that's smaller than the average person like what the fuck yep what and, kind of crap is that yeah it's very strange and then as far as i know they're it, there are no more little people in the rest of the movie. 
Yeah, it's just those two, and they, they serve no purpose other than, I guess, to impress you with how weird they look, which they don't look weird, <laughs> yeah. because they're just little people. Yeah, I mean, the 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 one with the telegram is, you know, just kind of dressed like the Joker. Yeah, he's dressed like an idiot, but I mean, yeah. he he just is, a, you know, we've, we've all seen small people. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's, Anyways. It's, it's very 19, strange. It's 1990, so. Yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, people have evolved so much since then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I made the note that so far they have traveled on planes, automobiles, and now a boat. And I, I'd like to pose the question, what other possible means of transportation could feature prominently in this film? I'm sure that's it. Yeah. The rest is probably just them sitting in one location. Yep. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, it turns out that the uh, the telegram is letting them know that uh, Beverly's mother died, and the professor is like, "Oh yeah, fuck that." And he just wads it up and throws it in the river while Beverly stares longingly out of a window. Oh god, it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So instead of telling her about that, he just goes in, and while they're eating dinner, he tells them about the pla- the passion play they're going to see while he fondles his weird cane. <laughs> and talks about how it predates Christ, which makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. It's... The one student that has half a brain questions him on it. Yep, yep. He says it is anomalous, and it is about a virgin female, not no Jesus. No, no, no. Oh, and then because he says virgin female, everyone giggles because they're uh, high school freshmen. And they've all boned each other except Beverly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of these high school freshmen are super sexually active except for Beverly. Let's make fun of her. So they immediately make fun of her because she's the virgin in the group. Yeah, of, and of high course, school freshmen. <laughs> of course. Of course, there is no connection here in any way to the the main idea of this movie. No, nope, nope, nope. Uh, <laughs> and at this point, Professor Andromeda gives them all a, a gross sticker. Oh, <laughs> and it's shaped like Beverly's birthmark, which is shaped like the female reproductive system. And, and one of the girls immediately recognizes that it looks like Beverly's birthmark. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey. And then they like, uh, one of them is like, hey, shut up. Don't say that. That would be rude. Um, yeah. yeah. Why stop now? Yeah. And so they all make fun of her for being a virgin. And she runs away sad. And so so Professor Andromeda creepies his way into her room on the boat that she has. Um, this is re- we really get an idea of how intensely tall he is because he just fills up the entire room. Yeah, I think he's nine and a half feet tall, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, he talks about how cruel people can be. She says, it's not their fault, it's me. And then they hug. Oh, they creep hug. Yeah, he is, uh, oof. And then uh, they're on the other other side of wherever this boat does and they debark and there's the the small person that helps them or something? I don't know. Yeah, I guess whenever they're getting on and off of a, you know, relatively large boat of some sort, they need a small person there. Yeah. It for may no be, reason. Yeah. It's probably some sort of Yugoslavian tradition. <laughs> yeah. Or, or they they saw them they saw them as people that were available for hire in, in movies and just decided to hire them. Hey, half off. 
We've got a budget to stick to. Half off. <laughs> oh my god, that's so offensive. Sorry, folks. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna do this shit myself. We um oh. <laughs> Everyone debarks the boat. Uh, they start walking through the woods where drab locals stand staring at them motionless while being near trees. And there's a lighting filter that makes everything look purple. Everything is purple. It's very hazy. There's locals everywhere with white makeup on their faces. <laughs> and and they're just kind of just showing up as these people are being led through this muddy nightmare place yep yeah many of them are just standing openly staring some of them are like playing a half-hearted peekaboo game from behind stumps <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and, and professor and is just like welcome to beautiful oofier <laughs> yeah it's it's really nice there <laughs> the houses are made out of like twigs and shit it's just sticks. Everything's made out of fucking sticks. <laughs> Twigs. They, they have definitely made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. $800. This is what you get for $800 in 1990. Yeah. Oh, good. Stick town. This ancient right should be rad. <laughs> Fuck. Then he, he gestures to the peasantry and he says, these people will show you all to your rooms. Beverly, come with me. <laughs> no, that's not okay. Not okay at all. Don't let her go with him. Rooms. Uh, uh, Beverly is taken to the witch's house, uh, where she is in, uh, the witch is introduced as Vesna, and Vesna is very happy to see Beverly. Yeah, she's a little too happy. Yeah, like, she is, in lieu of a smile, she just opens her mouth all the way just gums it up <laughs> that's pretty much it <laughs> uh, then the professor begins saying the words hot soup a lot oh my god hot Beverly, soup Beverly you must have some hot soup <laughs> come forward and I will give you hot soup here I too will try some of this hot soup it is delicious hot soup. Mmm, that's some good hot soup. And come on, it, you know it's fucking terrible hot oh, soup. Oh, yeah, it's like, it's just yellow and watery with lumps. It's like water with stick juice in it. <laughs> it's, it's just Campbell's chicken noodle, but all of the noodles have been taken out and there's five times too much water. <laughs> noodles have been replaced with shoelaces. <laughs> Uh, Beverly doesn't want to eat hot soup, but he won't let her not eat hot soup, so she eats hot soup while Vesna quivers with barely contained delight. She takes, like, one sip of hot soup and yeah. then, like, instantaneously passes. This is when the synthesizer business really gets going while the townsfolk do, like, pass over tic-tac-toe and board up the doors on the hut that the, that the youths are staying in. Yeah, just, just nailing them up with, like, 
they, they look like railroad spikes or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are those, yeah. It's um um those are handmade nails. Yeah, they're pretty rough looking. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Considering their only tools were sticks, though, I think they did a pretty good job. That's true. <laughs> Where'd they get the metal? Yeah. Um. So Beverly is passed out, and uh, Vesna grabs a handful of Beverly's now confirmed virginity while looking just so pleased. Oh, God, that's just horrible. Yep. Uh, don't worry, it, it's not the last time that will happen. <laughs> yes, yes. Just just keep in mind that Beverly's body is really just up for grabs in yep. this movie. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Literally. Uh, the professor gets some quality one-on-one time with a big black smoking cube while all the non-Beverly freshmen's beds catch on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're in a stick hut. Their beds start catching on fire uh, while Professor Dromalik is doing nothing. And uh, so they start, uh, one kid won't get out of the bed, but the rest of them are trying to get out while the townspeople come out and they're clapping two rocks together, like in that opening credit scene. Yeah, and and the other kids are basically pretty much making short work of escaping. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the one kid who just, is like entranced somehow, is sitting up in bed, magically turns into a mannequin and then burns to death. Yep, yep. Just a, a not not from one of the good stores mannequin. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like the five below mannequin. Yeah, it and, is. And also, let's just let's not leave out the fact he's the only black person in the group. Yep. Let's kill him immediately. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's like a uh, a Burlington Coat Factory outlet mannequin quality. Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah he's he's the the only African American, so of course he dies first. Yeah, for just sit, no reason. Yeah, just sits in the bed while he burns to death, while everyone else takes the fucking hut apart to escape. <laughs> They nailed the door shut, and they're like, oh, it's fine. We'll just take all the twig and waddle apart. <laughs> just pour water on the mud that you've used to make this door. Yeah. And walk right through. <laughs> um, uh, the locals then, be, yeah, start clacking rocks directly at the youths. They're, like, not having any of that. They're like, oh, fuck no. We're running away into the woods running way into the woods, and then Beverly escapes as well. Yeah, but not before, like, Vesna gets all grabby and screechy and tries to stop her, but oh, Beverly that's right. just uh, just knocks her over effortlessly and then runs into the forest, uh, meets up with her fellow yous, and they all flee into the synthesizer-laden forest together. <laughs> so synthy. Yeah, it's very... <laughs> um... In the distance, they spot a train. Oh, boy. (laughs) So naturally, what do you do whenever you're running away from a town and you spot a train? You try to get it to stop and pick you up. Yeah, you yell at a train to stop. Yeah, you just wave at it like, hey, hey, (laughs) train. This is how you catch trains in Serbia, right? Yeah. Uh... Somehow that manages to get the train to slow down just long enough for almost everyone to get on the train. 
but, like the one slow girl. Yeah, one slow girl that falls down while everyone else looks on and they're like, oh. Well, I guess she didn't make it. <laughs> Except the one guy, Larry. <laughs> Larry, good. Larry jumps down <laughs> to not abandon her and breaks the shit out of his leg. Because Larry's an idiot. Yes. He did not tuck and roll. He just... No, he went full ankle weight. Yeah. Off a moving train. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So they're down there. The other four are just on the train. They're like, oh, well, I guess we'll just stay here. Scalator. Yeah. So now, methods of conveyance thus far, we have planes, trains, automobiles, and boats. Yeah. I guess we've covered all the possible modes of transportation. <laughs> That's right. Well, we we do have another, we have a boat variation coming up. There's like a skiff. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like a, a shitty canoe. <sighs> um, so they get on the train. They're like, I don't know. Maybe we could get them to stop the train or something. So they go into the train. Uh, it turns out that it's a passenger train full of people that don't speak English. Uh, they almost pull the emergency brake when uh, the horrible train man, Bosco, starts yelling at them. I am Bosco. Yes, I have the mustache of a Serbian. <laughs> um, turns out that Beverly can speak Serbian just this once, and just enough to convince Bosco to start speaking English instead. Yeah, and he's now he's really excited because he gets to try out some of the English that he knows. Yeah, so <laughs> all of these teens are... <laughs> Talking to him in English. Bosco, Bosco, Bosco. Oh, uh, Bosco, Bosco. Oh, you speak English. (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) Bosco. I don't know. Um, uh, He takes them into the murder on the Orient Express room. uh, (laughs) Where there's some kind of urchin playing a horrible 8-bit video game music flute. Yeah, what the fuck? There's like this little guy just huddled, you know, playing a flute. He's got robes on and stuff. Yep, yep. Brown robes just just <laughs> down on the floor playing a horrible flute, which I had the uh, I had the closed captions on for this, and that music was referred to as uneven flute music. <laughs> uneven flute music. Yeah. It, it sounds like he is playing the music from Final Fantasy One Half. Oh. It's bad. It's so bad. Um, we find out that the flute urchin never speaks and may not have a tongue, which makes him, according to Bosco, the best company in the world because he tells no lies. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we see Marius. That, yeah. We see the the train is just pouring steam. Yeah, uh, for some reason, just outrageous amounts of steam. Yeah, that train that train can really vape. <laughs> it's and it's it's hurtling towards the world's greatest trick contest. <laughs> um, we uh, let's see the synth music intensifies as we see someone crawling around in a dark baggage compartment. Yes, a very very dark figure. Yeah, just just crawling around on top of all the luggage and making things fall. <laughs> yeah, very, very carefully knocking everything over. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's just for a second we see that, then we switch back and now we see that Bosco eats cake by the handful. Yeah, Bosco's really going it down. Yeah, he just grabs wads of cake and shoves it into his face. <laughs> While they all sit there. Yeah, no one else is getting cake. Like, I don't know if he didn't let them have cake or they just were afraid to eat it. I don't this, know. this is Bosco's cake. It's Bosco. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're telling him about their problems. It turns out that Bosco will not stop the train, but he will take them to the police at the next stop, which is more than 10 hours away. <laughs> I know. Which I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand how big Yugoslavia is. Like, how slow are trains that the next place is 10 hours away? Yeah, there's there's some serious problems with some of the logic in this movie. The, yeah. The train, the train magically loops around at points. Yes, it And does. shows up in places it's passed through before with no explanation as to why. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, keep, keep note of the fact that where they are right now is 10 hours away from where they will be later. And, and then go look at a map of Yugoslavia. Yeah. I can imagine, like, I can't imagine, like, how slow would you have to drive to make it take 10 hours to get from here to, like, San Antonio? Well, I mean, <laughs> probably about 20 miles an hour, right? Jesus. Trains aren't that slow. <laughs> no. No. No, not this one, apparently. This one goes, like, 800 miles an hour at all times. <laughs> Except when it just slows down enough to let s- some kids on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then speed up. It's so weird. This movie's weird. This train doesn't even need a fucking track, for God's sake. No, it does not. <laughs> but it's really good. At, it's like the Super Mario Brothers of a train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they asked Bosco if... They ask, do you have a radio? And Bosco thinks that that is the funniest joke he's ever goddamn heard. <laughs> it's a... It's a great joke in Serbia. <laughs> radio! <laughs> no, he doesn't have a radio. There is no radio. No. Um, now we see it switches out in the woods. Our two leftover kids are being watched by townsfolk. Back on the train. <laughs> so glad we saw that. Yeah. It, it, the switches to them are really, really the, the something of this movie. <laughs> Uh, back on the train, Beverly is entranced by the flute urchin. Um, back in the baggage area, we see that the sneaky person is stealing cash from envelopes full of cash, but only takes one bill out of each envelope. So stupid. It is. Uh, then the engineers see that there is a fire on the tracks ahead, and they pump the brakes, stop the train. Um, Lots of words are said, supposedly in Serbian, with no subtitles provided. I think this is the first time that we we get that happening in the movie, where people are talking in Serbian without our characters being around to not understand them. But still, there are no subtitles, so it's just us, the people watching the movie, that don't get to know what's going on. Yeah, just they're just chatting away, you know, saying things that that probably aren't like you know enormously important, but it would be kind of nice to be in the loop. Yeah, yeah, you they're know, definitely not are... talking about what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you are watching the goddamn movie after all. <laughs> like that, those people—they probably don't care what they're saying. <laughs> so yes, there's a fire on the train tracks. They stop the train. 
supposedly they're talking about the fact that there's fire on the train tracks and what to do about it, but it is a mystery to us, the audience. (laughs) Who can really say what actually happens? Yes. (laughs) And apparently then what happens is Professor Andromelech's scarf attacks the engineer so that he'll be crushed by the train when it starts moving again. Yeah, the the magically, I guess he the the, the scarf magically wraps around the guy's ankle mm-hmm. and and holds him steady somehow, mm-hmm. and then the train magically just starts moving forward, mm-hmm. and he can't he can't move because he's being held in place by a magic scarf. Yep. Enter disgusting gore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it gets all squishy in his. Uh... His head is being soccer balled on the on the front trail rail train rail. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, and totally and, and totally not his head, by the way. Oh yeah, super <laughs> not even close. Super not his head. Just some head we found. <laughs> um. And, oh, and the guy that shovels coal into the furnace is sucked into the furnace slowly over the course of several cuts. Yeah, it took like nine hours to get that guy in the fucking furnace. Yeah, it did look pretty cool. You know, they had the whole thing where it's on its side. And so he's like dangling, trying to hold on to like the door. And yeah, it was it was all right. But that's when we can clearly see that the the door on the furnace of this train is not the sliding door from the opening credit sequence. <laughs> it, it's very clearly a hinged door. Yep, <laughs> a round hinged door. Yeah, the, the, the shots of the dude like getting crushed and then the other guy getting sucked into the fire hole are they're, they're like cutting back and forth and back and forth but it it it, it, go, it goes on way too long it just takes all the energy out of it really and there's just a lot of that crap going on but then after that it cuts to we see bosco uh he disconnects the 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 trains like that this part i didn't really get like what the fuck is he doing <laughs> why was he disconnecting the trains in the first place why were they so far apart? And why was he so fucking stupid that he couldn't tell there was a train coming up behind him, which turned him into a giant exploding blood balloon? Yeah, I don't I don't know what was going on in many of these shots. <laughs> I mean, the blood just looked like Kool-Aid. It was, it, they didn't even try to make it look real. Nope. They weren't concerned with making things look real in this movie. They roll camera. Somebody throws a bucket of Kool-Aid in the air. Mm-hmm. They film it, slow it down. There's your shot. Got it. <laughs> so yeah, Bosco's demise is getting crushed between two parts of the train that had separated and were now rejoined. Yeah. So okay, whatever. Yeah. Also, where the hell did all the passengers go? Did that I never understood that either. Yeah, we never see those passengers ever again. Uh, we also never see the two like flat freight parts of the train that the kids jumped onto. Those are gone. Yeah. There are lots of shots throughout the rest of the movie where it turns out that this train has three compartments. <laughs> the yeah. engine, the baggage area in the middle, and the passenger area. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole coal car that they climb over, but then later the coal is only part of the engine car. Mm-hmm. Like Things change all the time. You know, including the amount of coal in the coal car, <laughs> including the train itself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
this movie this movie's weird <laughs> apparently like you the yugoslavian government was like oh yeah here here's your train to use but anytime a train's coming through you have to move it off the tracks and then move it back on which apparently was very time consuming and frustrating for everyone yeah getting shots apparently was was extremely laborious and there was at one point, I remember that it had, I'd read that they had had to pull the train off the track and wait for like an hour for this fucking train to go by. And then they had to put it back just to get like one shot, you know. But they could, I mean, they could use the train as much as they needed, but they yeah. had to go through all this nonsense to get their shots. Yeah, nonsense, like actual trains doing actual train business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, so they, that they, they could get this movie made. <laughs> during a civil war. Yeah. What a great idea, everyone. What selfish government people. <laughs> Filmed on site. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. We can't just do this in Texas. <laughs> I love that, the, that this guy had made some fucking ice, what was it? Ice Tramp or whatever the movie was called that oh, he made God, before yeah, this. It looked terrible. That was all he had ever made. And when when... They asked him when they approached him to direct this film, because, I mean, you know, clearly from his previous work, he's bound to be good. <laughs> and so what does he do? He goes and asks James Cameron, <laughs> who was known at the time for making Piranha 2 <laughs> for fucking, you know, for like peanuts. And and even James Cameron, who was nobody at that point, was like, uh, you shouldn't make this movie. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, maybe don't make this movie. He was like, well, no one else is going to pay me money. Yeah, I I really need this gig so I can establish myself as a movie director. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. The other movie is just called Iced. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Iced. Yeah, it's about it's about a delicious beverage. Yeah. And then uh, his movie after this is Lightning in a Bottle starring Linda Carter. great for everyone he had literally captured lightning in a bottle whoa <laughs> um so while all this nonsense is going on beverly sees vesna cackling out uh vesna whatever cackling yeah, vesna, out, yeah. outside the train window for a second cool yeah just her visage is outside the window yeah great good uh, and then we see a girl dressed like a World War One pilot watching Beverly as Beverly moves towards the engine room. Oh, God. Uh, the synth music intensifies as Beverly closes the furnace and then just kind of stands around. <laughs> yeah. It just drains all the tension out. Yeah, just, just really lets the movie go. <laughs> wow, she's really just standing there. <sighs> uh, at some point, Professor Andromalek begins to psychic into her mind with a horrible multi-voice psychic talk uh, that she also talks back in. Yeah, why does she have the multi-voice psychic talk? Because mm -hmm. that's how they're communicating, I guess. I guess so. Except his, his, the, the symbol for his communication is a blinking bright red light bulb that casts no light when it isn't on camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's like on the radio. It's like on like a radio or something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, he gives her some horse shit. Every time he opens his fucking mouth, it's some fucking horse shit. 
where he's just like, this is your destiny, Beverly. This is the great ceremony. It will be your coronation. Yes, yes. The prince mocked you. Marked you, not mocked. Yeah. Uh, my my master, Lucifer. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's going to be her coronation as the princess of darkness. I did think that was pretty cool. I was like, all right, if you're gonna, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. Princess of darkness. And I did appreciate the fact that he told her that all her friends had to die. Yeah, yeah. She, she's like, but but why? Why can't you just let them go? He's like, no, they all have to die. And she's like, but why? Mm, they all are gonna die. <laughs> yeah, no reason really. Yeah, just uh, shut up and think about your sacred mark. So she says, I will die before I go with you. And uh, I put, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> it's just really bad. Her yelling lines at an empty room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. She uh, Then she yells out, I know I'm going crazy. You'll have to prove it to me otherwise. She yells at the empty room. Mm-hmm. Uh, then all of a sudden she sees a bald, pale woman giving birth to a goat dragon demon thing, which is honestly a pretty neat shot. It's far and away the best shot in the film. It's extremely strange. Yeah. It's it's her mother. Yep. Um, all in white makeup, bald, looking very strange on her like back on her butt with her legs propped up. And she's birthing a black, wet goat. Yep. It was amazing. Yeah, it's it's really fucking awesome. <laughs> like, damn, dude, that's your money shot right there. Yeah, yeah, it is a high point of this movie, and it just lasts for like a second. Yeah, let's let's not wear out our welcome. We we have plenty of time to show toy trains. Yeah, wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to show the cool thing too much. It wouldn't be as cool <laughs> as my fucking train set that i've been wanting yeah. to put in the movie my whole life look at this wet gravel <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> oh uh i know i'm jumping ahead but god damn yeah jump in the tracks there uh <laughs> back to the other youths the next morning <laughs> they're like eating breakfast or some shit they're like oh yeah i haven't seen beverly since last night yeah, crepes anyone like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like nothing it's uh, no big deal yeah switch to the other two youths on the ground stuck struggling through what is now the swamps of beautiful yugoslavia <laughs> yeah it's, clearly yugoslavia is the worst place ever it looks terrible <laughs> um then they're at, then now it switches to we're at a train station with the a guy that can only be described as not bosco <laughs> And he is waiting for a train to arrive, and there's a bunch of people on the train thing waiting for the train to arrive. Uh, and there's a momentary scare where maybe the little boy that chased his ball out onto the tracks is going to be pulverized by the train. But he's not. Nope. And the train nope. doesn't stop, and everyone's angry, and that scene, that scene's just, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. done. And then, yeah, that guy, who's he was wearing a red hat, very official looking. Mm-hmm goes and calls the next guy and then we get this wacky Serbian guy yelling over the phone in Serbian who the fuck knows what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it's vaguely confusing because it is actually kind of 
relevant to what's going on, but you have to kind of piece it together because they never fucking tell you. Yeah, they never tell you what it is. Whole phone conversations going on between multiple people. <laughs> so he calls someone, I call that guy the captain of trains. Uh, <laughs> they have a conversation. Then the captain of trains, you see him run away and he finds who I assume is the admiral of trains. Yeah. Who is taking a shit and is coming out of the bathroom. And then that guy has a conversation with not Bosco. All of this in Serbian with no subtitles, no idea what's going on. People like like the captain and admiral of trains had a conversation describing what's going on. And it's just it's just nothing. No, nothing like, given. It's just like four or five minutes of people running around, grabbing phones, station to station, speaking Serbian. Nobody has any fucking idea what they're saying. Mm hmm. And then at one point, I love that one of the guys is on the phone and the other dude is in there and he's he's swatting away the smoke because yeah. <laughs> it's clearly bothering the actor. <laughs> it's just like you can tell he's like, Jesus Christ, what is with this fucking smoke? <laughs> that was so great. Yeah. That's that's method acting. Yugoslavian so method acting. It's just like fucking hell. I think my character would not like smoke. <laughs> there is so many smoke. <laughs> it's so so unfortunate this movie <laughs> uh, and then at one point the admiral pops out to go <laughs> look for the train <laughs> it's just like out on the tracks looking for it like hmm, nope it's not there <laughs> so then he goes back inside and he makes a phone call to someone else in Serbian and is frustrated <laughs> oh my god like the stupidest fucking people that have ever lived. I don't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. There is no train. I see no train. I'm looking at the tracks right now. <laughs> Fuck me. God damn it. Uh, uh, back on the train, the youths find the World War I pilot girl in the baggage area. Uh, they, like, tackle her or some shit. And then yeah. she pull, pulls out the world's longest switchblade. <laughs> That's right, the switch sword. Yeah, the switch spear. <laughs> and uh, she's uh, she's got a bad attitude. She says, Sava is a thief, not a killer. Yeah, apparently she's a gypsy, yeah. which is pointless and also super hot. <laughs> yeah. For no reason, she's just real pretty. Yeah, pretty pretty World War One pilot girl with a switchblade that is not a killer but is a thief. Baron von Richtsava. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then it switches, and now we're at Grand Yugoslavian Train Control Center, maybe, I guess. <laughs> um, and there people are having conversations in Serbian. What are they saying? Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But thank God there's a bank of monitors that have nothing on the but blue light. <laughs> All of these... <laughs> TVs are broken. <laughs> which which kind of falls in line with the kind of plans they have for stopping the train. Yeah. So good. Um, this whole this whole like runaway train section in the, from like this whole chunk here is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. It's so weird. <laughs> it's like slapstick. Yeah. Yeah, because like all of these youths are like trying to figure out their situation and meanwhile the Yugoslavian train 
authority is trying to figure out how are we going to stop this train? <laughs> God, I keep thinking of parts coming up and I'm like almost losing it already. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, then it switches back to Sava and the youths, and she tells them their friend is up in the engine room. They slowly climb over all the coal, and that's when one of them is like, there's no one driving the damn train! (laughs) They pull her up out of the engine room while Sava fucks with parts of the connecting bits that make things be together they're like what are you doing she's like yeah i don't know i can't do anything <laughs> i know it goes nowhere <laughs> i thought i'd try maybe no and uh, it's just don't don't pay me any mind this isn't the right kind of wrench <laughs> um that's when uh turtleneck the the blonde pretty jawline boy with the turtleneck and the shiny leather jacket sometimes Oh, Kevin. Oh, is it? He has a name? Yeah. Okay, I call him Turtleneck in my notes. Yeah, you can call him Dickhead, too. Yeah. Works. yeah. Uh, he wants to try to stop the engine. Beverly says he can't go in there. It's too dangerous. <laughs> Good. Yeah, thanks, Bev. Yeah, if you go in there, you're going to have a talk with a brain man. Um, this is when we now we get the shot that there are only three cars, the engine, passenger train, and baggage train. Um, so I really feel like I missed something, but I don't think I actually did. Yeah, but I don't think it matters at all. No, uh, it goes back to people talking at Grand Yugoslavian Train Control Center. (laughs) Still nothing, nothing, nothing there. More, more Serbian hijinks. Yep. And then it switches back to the, uh, the kids that are in, uh, they've found another twig village. And they decide to go trespassing into someone's moss-filled home. And then here comes the setup for the quote of the movie where the guy says, there's nobody here. And the girl goes, well, where does the smoke come from? (laughs) (laughs) Good question, my dear. I've been wondering that the whole goddamn movie. (laughs) Yep. So, so they just they just hide in someone's abandoned twig exterior, moss interior home. It doesn't even block light. It's so badly built. No, it's, it's terrible. So gross. It's no shelter whatsoever. Oh, I, I didn't realize that there were parts of Europe that were this bad. <laughs> During a war. Yeah, like, uh, you, Europe, you know, sculptures, fancy buildings. You, know, you don't think of waddle hovels. <laughs> With floors made out of mossy hay. Yeah. His bed is also heel wound. Like, hey, look at this. I didn't know moss grows on hay. Yeah, shove this into your forehead flap and you'll stop bleeding. Hey, guess what? This country sucks. <laughs> Let's fight over it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, back to the train. The youths talk while Salva starts. <laughs> she has a crate that's marked explosives. 
Because that's handy on a train. Yeah, you know, just go in the back and get the explosives crate. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out that in Yugoslavia, shotgun shells count as explosives. (laughs) Oh my god. So she's just pulling out shotgun shells. Opening them with her horribly long switchblade and emptying them of their contents. I'm dying. <laughs> oh, go get to the explosives. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> the explosives industry has fallen on hard times. <laughs> They're carefully, these explosives are carefully packed away in <laughs> tiny little plastic tubes. <laughs> I love, I love that this means that someone was like, well, sir, we can't get explosives. Well, then how will we fill the explosives crate? It's a standard piece of equipment on a Yugoslavian train. You know, the one that says explosives in English. <laughs> God, it gets so much better. <laughs> oh, that's that's the part. This is the part where... Oh my God! It's just so—it's so insane. Yeah. That, that where Beverly talks a bunch of bullshit about being like how, what is it about like being friends and and I oh know there's the brunette. The brunette talks a bunch of bullshit yeah. about Beverly, accuses her of fucking, fucking and killing the conductor. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, I get it. The virgin <laughs> fucked Bosco and then murdered him. Which perks up uh, the flautist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 flute urchin is into that story. You see him watching from the shadows of his robe. He's like, ooh. He's he is now the only person of the original train crew still alive. He's just still crumpled on the floor, not even playing his flute anymore. Now he's just kind of down there. What's his name? Mango or something? <laughs> Oh, Marius. Marius. Yeah. That's it. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so, so then Beverly slaps her for suggesting yeah. that she would fuck murder Bosco. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'd probably do the same. Yeah, and then she goes for like hug time with with Turtleneck. And uh, there's a weird shot where we see someone like from from like behind, like from their armpit perspective as as the as the hot girl is running away after being slapped. We Mm -hmm. see like someone whittling a stick (laughs) to make it sharp. (laughs) So I don't know if that's supposed to be the flute urchin or if that's supposed to be the uh the uh sava but like it is is very strange she yeah must have gone like well this is all of the explosive time to make a point <laughs> time to whittle a point <laughs> oh yeah and so then just for uh as uh after beverly uh, uh slaps the hot girl and goes in for a hug with turtleneck we see maggots crawling on her hand <laughs> yeah. yeah that was 
That was pretty gross. It was gross. And it's the it's the special kind of maggots where like their butt in sticks to your skin and then the rest of them just flop around. <laughs> yeah, just just squiggle around. Yeah. It's disgusting. I don't even know if that's like a maggot thing or if they just glued the ass end of maggots onto these people. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised in this movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh then after, I guess, hugging Beverly, Turtleneck goes to tell off the hot girl, and she's like, yeah, I kind of flipped out for a second <laughs> when I accused I that girl of fuck-murdering Bosco. I don't know what came over me. Yeah. And she's like, what is it that you like about me? And he's like, uh, your mouth. <laughs> uh, you like your mouth? Yeah. Like, you're pretty? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Okay, and she's being all coy with like not showing her face during all of this. Yeah, um, and then <laughs> then it switches back to the kids at the Twig and Moss house, and we see like she the girls looks out the window and in the swamp a boat an empty boat just approaches them, <laughs> and she you just know. does not mention that she's just looking at it. And he, then she goes back to talking to him like, oh yeah, whatever. Whatever. Larry is like just completely fucked at this point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We've seen we've seen his poorly like it's supposed to look like the bone is a, a, a compound fracture sticking out of his skin, but it's obvious that they just like used clown makeup and painted a bone on his shin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad looking. Yeah, Larry's not long for this world. No, he's not. Um, and uh, she even she's like, "How are you feeling?" He's like, "Great." Time to party. <laughs> and she's like, oh, good. I'm glad you're feeling better. He's like, no, that's just a little gallows humor. <laughs> Fucking asshole. <laughs> I had to look it up. I was like, I don't know if that's gallows humor. <laughs> it's, yeah, not really. <laughs> I think that only vaguely qualifies. Vaguely qualifies as humor. <laughs> Time to party. Fucking dickhead. Uh, back at the train. <laughs> Oh my god. Just, it's just flipping back and forth through nonsense constantly. Yeah, it's just like random insanity at this point that makes no sense at all. Yeah. Uh it it focuses on Sava as she clumsily lights her cigarette while leaning over a pile of gunpowder. Of gunpowder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sava's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, she explains that she steals people's luggage and takes 10% from the money people send to their family members. Uh, she also explains that they are up against a powerful evil. <laughs> and you can tell, as, she, as she's saying all of this, she's trying to smoke her cigarette. And you can tell that this actress has never practiced talking with a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, she's never practiced... Never practice acting, never yeah. practice talking with a cigarette. Yeah, it's painful. <laughs> like, just, it's just flopping around and she can't really do anything. <laughs> back in the Back in the snog room, Turtleneck and Hot Girl are kissing. And uh, then we see that there are maggots all over both of them. And he starts spewing out kiss sauce. <laughs> and and hot girl starts ripping her face open. Oh god, it's so Yeah, she's got like a maggot coming out of her forehead mm -hmm. and then she reaches up and starts tearing her face apart. Yeah. 
it's which was awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. This is this is one of the other really good shots in this movie. It's like, whoa, cool. Because yeah, it's just at first she's got like a maggot, and there's like a little like tear or something on her face with a little mm-hmm. bit of blood coming out, and then then it's she's just like like Hulk Hogan opening up a shirt, but it's her face skin. Yeah, that was great. Totally made up for doofus like spitting blood juice out or whatever the hell that was yeah there's like a chunk of something in his mouth and just just blood coming out and maggots on him just squirming it it was a good gross it was just incompetently acted but then she did a great job of of just ripping (laughs) it open nailed the ripping it open part that was great a great gore effect yeah and then it's just over like she's just dead now right yeah, she's just dead yeah. until she part of her body shows up later for no reason. I don't think that was part of her body. Oh, I don't know what that was. I think... <laughs> I mean, I know what it was. I don't know whose it was. I think it's uh, Swamp Girl. I think it's oh, Larry's okay. Bay. Because remember, we see... We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so yeah, she rips her face in half and is just done. It's not like she's now a monster running a monk on a train. No, she's just dead in half. No, yeah, part of the part of the thrill of sending launching this girl to become the bride of Satan is to kill all her friends. That really is part of the part of the joy, apparently. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what the beautiful village of Ufir is into. <laughs> Which, by the way, <laughs> they are now more than ten hours away from Ufir. Because they blew past the train station that was 10 hours away. So just remember that. They are more than 10 hours by train away mm-hmm. from Ufir. Yes, just keep that in mind <laughs> as we continue. <laughs> um, and then we see the train go off the rails. <laughs> the, along with the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the 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 rails pull aside. You can even see the little like piece of floss <laughs> pulling, pulling the fucking toy train track outside. <laughs> oh, you can you can tell like some like hobbyist was so excited that his little <laughs> countryside set is going to get used in this movie. It's so insane because they. <laughs> They have access to a real train. Mm-hmm. And how hard would it be to just find some guy somewhere to switch a fucking track? Mm-hmm. They could have easily done that. There was no reason to use a fucking toy train set. Yep. They they even do something later that, that makes it look like it. There's a there's a shot where it's just going on a, a different track, but it's obscured yeah. by weeds. And so it just yeah. looks like it's going off the tracks. That was that was competently filmed. Yeah. I mean, there was just no, it's like no thought went into it at all. Nope. They were like, I don't know, maybe this? Uh, you know what, like, let's just use this. T- I got a toy t- train set back home. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a whole, come, come to my horrible little basement train village that I have. No one, will, no one will ever know. My wife won't let me talk about it. But it will go down in cinematic history. <laughs> so it is now an all-terrain train. With uh, uh, really long scenes of like Star Trek style, style pretend the ship is under attack by flopping around the room scenes. Oh my god! It, and, and that is just that's just the beginning where they're like rolling around and stuff. 
you know, like when mm-hmm. you talk about when they're showing the kids on the train, because that just evolves. Yeah, yeah. It, it just gets to the point where they're completely overdoing it. Yeah, you can tell that at a certain point, the actors have gotten tired and maybe a little dizzy. Because <laughs> they're, they're just like, throwing their bodies around in ways that are completely unnatural. Yeah, yeah. It's obvious that the train's movement didn't make this happen. They're just all flinging in different directions. The directions, different like, directions. <laughs> Some are knocked off the floor at different times. It makes no sense. Yeah, you can tell. That. The director is just like, all right, let's try another shot. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> and it's all in slow motion, and it's just interminable. <laughs> There's that scene where the big jaw guy, like, his face, <laughs> it's like super slow-mo. I mean, he's making the weirdest face. <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? It's the roughest train ever made. <laughs> They look like they're in outer space with zero gravity or something. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh my. It's so bad. Part of that is that Sava spills all of the gunpowder that she'd been collecting and is now just rolling around it like a dog that found a dead thing. Just soaked in gunpowder. <laughs> Uh, and and also there's like lots of cutscenes of uh, the, a fake train traveling through an adorable miniature forest, <laughs> just like it's I don't know. Like you can just hear a little kid going while it's going. Oh god! And then for no apparent reason, the train is like back on the track, and then we we're at the terminal again or wherever the fuck it is with the Serbi people. Talking all Serbi. Yep, back at Grand Yugoslavian Train Control Center. <laughs> they they might have known. It seems like maybe they noticed that the train went off its tracks or not. <laughs> it's really or hard not. to tell. And then it goes off the tracks again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the, 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 the kids the kids on the train. Participate in what I refer to as a symphony of falling. <laughs> Is that what the radio turns on or whatever? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's like, oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> and and during all of this, meanwhile, back in the swamp that is more than ten hours away from here, yes. the children have gotten on the little boat that magically appeared for them. <laughs> Back near, you know, like as far away from where the kids got on this train as two people can travel when one of them has a broken leg. So, you know, not very far. I'd say probably no more than like three or four miles away. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, this train has traveled more than 10 hours away at train speed. And And guess what? I really love that the second, yeah, the second time the train goes off the rails, you see this horrible shot of the train and all of the gravel that's supposed to be on it. You know, like it's supposed to be like rocks that are holding yeah. the rails up, but it's, it's just like obviously sand. wet, little tiny gravel, <laughs> and it just pushes through it. I'm like no, it's so cute it's like watching a kid play with his train in the sandbox yeah yeah it, it honestly brought up like oh i want to go watch gumby feeling <laughs> fuck it's not like that it is exactly like yeah. that. that's it's that's what it is it's, it's that 
It's someone pushing a fucking train through sand. <laughs> what were they thinking? Uh, and so, yeah, and so then all of a sudden, like, a, a hatch opens in the train and a very old-style radio appears. And classical music starts playing. Dramatic classical music. And it's really hard to tell if that radio is playing it and if those youths can hear it or if that music is just for us and it just so happens that we saw a radio. It somehow prompts the fall ballet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more more floppy acting, and then back in the swamp, the youths can hear a train getting closer, and they're like, "Oh, good, we're getting close to the train," <laughs> even though they're still ten hours away. <laughs> Ten hours behind the train, hurtling towards them. Yeah, and they can like whatever it's on their screen, you can hear the same classical music, but it sounds like it's in the distance. <laughs> but you still can't tell if they can hear it. So fucking stupid. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then that's what you see. The train goes off the rails. At this time, yeah, the slow motion acting. Uh, <laughs> and the train pull, comes through the swamp and pulverizes the two swamp youths. And we see her head has popped off and is just tumbling through the air. So this train had to take an entire detour to travel through a swamp annihilate these children <laughs> and having done that having accomplished its task it gets back on the tracks it hops back on the track <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna die <laughs> And when, when it gets, whenever it kills the kids, the fucking classical radio explodes and the music cuts off too. <laughs> and you don't see it happen, and you don't ever really get confirmation that it happens, but I think that that girl's head... It's the one that Beverly gets later. I think it popped off and then landed somehow dangling from the ceiling of a train. <laughs> Over Beverly. Yeah, like some super, whatever the fucking thing is, mistletoe. Like a blood pinata. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like my note for the that whole section. My note is, how does this work? It's just like, what is happening? It may be, may be the worst scene in movie history. Oh, what a vicious train. At this point, you might be asking yourself, what's controlling the train and making it do this? <laughs> Don't worry. There's no we explanation. Gotcha. 
We got you covered. No one knows. No one knows. Uh, back at Grand Yugoslavian Trade Control Center, people are talking possibly about what they just saw happen on the control monitors that are all broken. But unless you're Serbian, you'll never know. No way to tell. Um, that's when, back on the train, apparently, Beverly has retired to a room, and we see a close-up of a gory, decapitated head with, like, guts dangling out of the empty wound at the bottom, and it is dripping blood down directly onto Beverly's boobs. And she's just laying there with, like, having no reaction. Yeah. Until finally she decides it's time to get up, grab that head, carry it around by the hair, and show her friends. Hey, y'all. Yeah. She says, I killed Melanie and Larry. Her name's Melanie. I don't know why I didn't remember that. <laughs> she also says, I killed Christy and Richard. I'm destined to kill all of you. I didn't know. I won't anymore. And that's when we see that she has slit her wrists, to which the two dudes jump into action to save her like a couple of actual people. I always thought that was a good scene. Yeah, it was strange. Like, wait, wait, now they care? Yeah, they're like, oh shit, we have to prevent her from bleeding to death. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, Turtleneck didn't seem too concerned about that whenever his girlfriend or whatever ripped her face in half, but now it's like, uh-oh. Yeah, you have to credit Turtleneck with making a great recovery from his, his girlfriend. Oh yeah, did, did we even see him like tell anyone about that? No, I don't think so. I think he just mentions later that she's dead or something. Oh, yeah, and she's dead. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Christy, she's dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. Then it jumps to uh, just a bunch of Yugoslavian people are working on a train track. (laughs) Just either putting it together or taking it apart. It's really hard to tell. But it's, I mean... (laughs) You have to assume that it was, it's in the dialogue yeah. that you never hear. Perhaps someone might have mentioned something about what's going on here. Wouldn't that have Fortunately, been convenient? Fortunately, when you see what's going on, it still makes no sense. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck was that? Uh, okay. Um, then it switches back to the train uh, where Sava appears to be like wrapping some sort of shitty Christmas gift. And she is... Sava is rebombing. Yeah. Yeah. And she is no longer dressed like the Red Baron. Now she's just wearing a nice sweater. Yeah, she's just a, a, a nice young lady. Yeah. Just looks like... Who makes bombs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, now she is wearing... Dressed like the Red Baron again when they all are in their engine room. So at some point she like de decostumed and then recostumed really fast, <sighs> and uh, then she's like, "Oh yeah, this thing—it's a bomb." So good, there's a bomb. Back at it. Yeah, I wonder what the plan is with this bomb. <laughs> a bomb, which really makes no logical like sense at all. Like, why? What the fuck do you need a bomb for? What are we going to do with this bomb? Hey, everybody, I made a bomb. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, I'm glad that we, we in exposition, we talked about what plan that is part of. I'm so glad we've killed everyone in sight 
we're on a runaway train, but fortunately you've made a bomb. Yeah. Uh, then one, there's like a, a scene where they're trying to jump from one car to the next and uh, <laughs> Turtleneck, uh, oh, he slips a little and then he's between the cars uh, and he's like, help me, don't let me die. Help me, pull me up, don't let me die. Help me. And, and then like chains move or something. Yeah, chains break because the, apparently they're connected by chains. Yeah, that that you never see except when they break. Yeah, so so chains break or move or something, and it rips yeah. him in half. <laughs> it just varies. He doesn't let go. He does. It just he just instantly rips in half. Yeah, he is just now the top half of a mannequin. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> With the most awkward head motion. Yeah, yeah. A very, very, very fake-looking mannequin with, like, bright, like, crayon-dawn eye color and just, like, Barbie hair. But you know it's that guy because he's still wearing the red turtle. Still got the motherfucking turtle. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like if you let a five-year-old... Make your model out of paper mache. <laughs> I think I think we'll probably make that shot be the like main picture for this episode because it is really gloriously bad. It is it is intensely horrible. Oh man! And so he's just like down down between the two train cars, dangling dead, guts hanging out the bottom, and then it falls and it falls really fortunately and it looks pretty cool where uh, mm -hmm. it falls on the tracks and so the 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 train like decapitates it with its head on one side and its body on the tracks itself. Yeah, that was a great shot. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, this time the mannequin fell right. That was good. I think like, the best parts of the movie were made by someone other than the director. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> then back at Grand Yugoslavian Trade Control Center, they have conversations. <laughs> and then there's more train track construction or deconstruction scenes. We see the locals near the train tracks that people were working on eagerly awaiting a train. And they're even going as far as to hide behind a building to watch for the train to come. <laughs> this exciting thing that they've been preparing yeah, for. Yeah, oh boy, that train's going to come through here and something exciting is going to happen that I guess people might have been talking about or something. <laughs> and, uh, then the train comes through that horrible town and just keeps going and then leaves the town and the locals have no discernible reaction to this. Never, never skips a beat, nope. never slows down one bit, Nothing. Just, pl just blasts right through. Yeah, A train does not stop in this town while people watch and then it's over. All the scenes of these idiots dismantling the track thinking that that somehow the train you know that, that the train would just run off the rails this is their way of saving the terminal from having a runaway train hit which <laughs> makes no sense either yeah um but no it just keeps on going yeah we want you to stop this train by letting it probably obliterate your town if it actually falls on the train i mean you have to understand though <laughs> Josh they only had 10 hours to prepare for this <laughs> For this train to hit the terminal. Yeah. They, had, they had the entire Yugoslavian workforce there. 
All three of them with ice picks yeah. trying to chip away at the track <laughs> in Crotch Funk Station. <laughs> it really is a horrible looking place. Um, <laughs> then it's then it's back at Grand Yugoslavia Trade Control Center. Uh, they, they're looking at broken TVs and talking. Then somewhere else, three Yugoslavian gentlemen get in giant trucks and head out for some unknown purpose. <laughs> Almost run people over. Very, very like Aggressive. like. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of focus put on a bucket of paint they knock over for no reason. Yes, and there's even a scene where like because they're, they're all caravanning together, they're they're going somewhere. There's even a scene where like a char cars trying to pass them, and one of them like moves over like, nope, don't pass us. <laughs> We're on a and mission. Like, and then they racing the train. They're racing the train. <laughs> and they. They're trying to intercept the train, but the train cuts them off at a completely predictable point where the train tracks cross the road. <laughs> like some sort of train crossing. <laughs> and so then they have to figure out how else are we going to catch up with this train. So they- oh, I know. We'll warp time <laughs> so that we somehow are magically ahead of the train. <laughs> And then we can park our trucks on the fucking rail. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's even there's even like a train car chase scene where you see like the car is like speeding up and like now it's going faster than the train, and then the train is like, oh hell no, and then it's just going <laughs> It's like a fucking Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> So, so all three trucks park next to each other on the train tracks. Two of the drivers manage to get out of the truck. One of them just doesn't. The train just explodes through them like it was no big deal because it's a train and they are just three trucks. Yeah, and guess what? Doesn't slow down at all. Doesn't slow down the train. They're just now (laughs) two alive guys without trucks. (laughs) So so far, the people at the terminal have had some great ideas. Yeah. At this point on the train, people are getting out of the train. (laughs) Sava's trying to affix the bomb to some part of the outside of the train for some reason and the jock the jock guy gets on a outward door that swings and just starts yahooing back and forth <laughs> Beverly <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he gets impaled on a crossing arm, guard arm that shouldn't be so close to the train but it just manages to spear him right through just runs him through <laughs> as he is going yahoo <laughs> as he's rodeo riding the side of a fucking train yeah 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 it's how how he learned to relax and love the train <laughs> how angel the fat 
fucking asshole. Learn to relax and love. That's the right. His name is Angel. I wasn't sure about that at the beginning because his teacher is. He asked a question and she's like, "That's right, Angel." And I didn't know if that was his name or if she was just kind of creepy. She just calls people Angel. Yes, Angel. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Back at Grand Yugoslavian Train Control Center, we see on a screen that does work, there is a, a, a white line, and at either end of the white line is a red dot. And those two <laughs> red dots seem to be approaching each other along the line, and it seems like they will probably both connect together right outside of the part of the screen that says, Oofier. <laughs> So that means that this train that has been on the tracks for a long time is still headed towards Ufir. Mm -hmm. Which means... <laughs> how Where did the it, fuck are we? How did it pulverize those children in the Ufir swamp? And now it's hurtling back towards Ufir. <laughs> it's, it's basically traveled 30 hours. <laughs> it's made the full rounds. It's like, wait, I want to kill one child in Fafnir. And another child in Bolfir before heading back to Ufir to get down to Bone. Hold up, y'all. Let's get back. <laughs> I left a teen. <laughs> I really would like to travel. Um, the other train's conductor, we're now in a different train. He sees that train approaching in the distance, so he stops the train. And everyone gets off uh, slowly and thoroughly, except for the conductor, who then gets back on the train and puts it in reverse and watches as the evil train hits him and explodes the entire train that he's on and doesn't stop and just keeps on going. <laughs> oh, wait, but before that, well, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, once again, total fail. Yeah, but before all of that, Sava has set her bomb on some kind of place on the outside of the train, hoping, I guess she's hoping to make the engine be broken? I, she's trying to derail it, maybe? I don't know what the hell the idea was. Yeah, so so she she sets the bomb, lights the bomb, but then we see that the door that she went out to get up there locked from the inside... So now she's outside the door and just she kind of like rolls her eyes and is like, ugh, and explodes with the bomb, <laughs> which also does nothing to stop the train. Nothing to stop the train, just kills Sava. So Sava, the cool Red Baron dressed thief that is uh, possibly the badass of this movie, uh, dies by blowing herself up, which we should have known. Bomb. Because <clears throat> yeah. she'd been playing with explosives for a long time and lighting cigarettes over them. A bomb it took her like an hour and a half to make yeah. of, of movie time. Yup, that's the end of Sava's story. <laughs> and guess what? It, she never needed to be in the movie. Nope. It would have been. She added fine. absolutely nothing. Nope. Um. Beverly wakes up to the sound of clacking rocks because the train has stopped just just on the tracks outside of Ufir. How fun. Uh, you can see the peasants emerging from the foggy woods and they are all clacking rocks. Uh, 
she decides that the best course of action is to close all the curtains and then curl up and hide from the overwhelming noise of clacking rocks. It just If I could just point one thing out here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the woman that wrote the screenplay, her idea was to have a runaway train movie. And her her idea was to have this this train is out of control, but it's also a supernatural thing. And they try all these things to stop it. They're freaking out. You know, it's super tense. But but let's make sure that the people who are trying to orchestrate all of these inter- interactions with the train don't speak English. <laughs> so no one knows what they're saying. And then ultimately, let's let's resolve this by having the train just stop. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end of that. Yeah. Not, That's my tr- runaway train movie. Yeah. Not just stop, but stop at the very place that we first got on the train. So 900 hours ago. Yeah. In a straight line. There's just this it's 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 a story about kids that go to see an ancient rite in a village and then at some point they get on an evil train that kills everyone. And then brings the only one that needed to be there back to the village. So this is a movie about a creepy cult village, but also somewhere around the entire middle of the movie, it's a demon train movie. (laughs) That's right. This movie could have been four minutes long and told the exact same story. It's like, what if the Wicker Man was about a dude that went to the Summer Isle to investigate a missing girl and then got on a demonic train (laughs) for like an hour and then came back and then the villagers burned him. (laughs) Horror movie classic? Yeah. I would watch that Nicolas Cage remake. <laughs> Beyond the Wicker Man 3. In a heart. Oh, man. Uh, the idea. Um, then, as she's quivering in fear, there's the return of the uneven flute music. And we now see that the flute urchin is actually a greased-up, shiny, sexy, sexy, sexy man. And we see Beverly looking at him and then a fan blows her hair back and they make eye contact for a long time and he takes his dick out and she's naked now and the room fills with sex fog (laughs) as he approaches her and then they (laughs) touch tips. Sex fog. (laughs) Then they do some sort of weird, like, fucking Conan handshake. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all you get. That's it. <laughs> Man, is that good stuff. <laughs> I just fucked a saint. <laughs> Switch to <laughs> Professor Andromelech, and he is in a horse-drawn carriage. <laughs> a black horse-drawn carriage. With a guy with a whip and four black horses, and the carriage has four live torches, one at each corner. And they, because apparently he's turned into Dracula. They are hurrying to the scene. So that is planes, trains, automobiles, various boats, and horse trunk carriages. Yes. 
We did it. Nailed it. All the modes of transportation. (laughs) Every means of conveyance has been achieved. Uh, He gets out. He gets out of the horse-drawn carriage where peasants are having a clacky rave. And apparently they have redressed Beverly in a fancy Hollywood funeral attire. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know where they got that dress, but it's like it's like see-through so you can really see her birthmark. <laughs> it's very strange. Like they where where did they keep that clean? It was really nice. What what wicker box yeah. did they keep that in? There is one fine closet in Ufir. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> horse-drawn carriages her away. And you re- get a really good shot of how dirty carriage wheels get in mud. So Just filthy. Flinging around, gross. <laughs> Folding up along the side, gross just chunks uh then in the carriage they have a whole conversation about how she's gonna have a good time with the dude uh, and he's a uh, professor says uh he will not be gentle that is not his way but your new life will be fantastic <laughs> and he says tell me are you happy and she says i can hardly wait <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that everything will be hers forever uh and that uh all of these things are going to change. And she's like, oh yeah, greed and envy will run rampant in the world. I thought you said everything would be different. That's commentary, folks. Oh, that's good stuff right there. Commentary from <laughs> Beyond the Door 3. That's right. You can't cut that with a knife. Nope. <laughs> greed and envy will run rampant in the world. I thought you said everything would be different. Oh, zing. Dang. <laughs> We're just exploiting the workforce of Civil War Yugoslavia. Let's make a point. This is the the deepest point they can come up with (laughs) while making a movie during a civil war. (laughs) We just flew in to take advantage of this civil war y'all seem to be having. Don't mind us. They make their way to a very Charles Band looking uh, set where tea candles line the stairs and there's a bed and it's all in a like courtyard or warehouse with fill of dead trees or something. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that was about. Yeah, but uh, it looked like she the, the bed looked like she was about to go up there and talk to a psychologist yeah. or something. <laughs> it's it's very strange, but yeah, it, looked- it is time for your therapy. <laughs> That's kind of what happens, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it looks like right out of a full moon movie, which I'm glad Charles no. Band didn't do this because it, it wouldn't have been as entertainingly bad. No. Just a different kind of bad. Yeah, bad, bad nonetheless. Yeah. Oh, and we can see the smoking cube is back. There's a giant smoking cube. Uh, I wonder where the smoke comes from. Maybe that's where all the smoke is coming from. Maybe. They lift up her platform and carry her over to the smoking cube. She lays back on the bed while the camera focuses on the professor's cane and his various sex faces that he's making during all of this. 
You know, they could, how, how much time could they have saved if they just had the fucking platform be right by the goddamn? Yeah, why did they? They're like, all right, and now this part—it's part of the ceremony. Load the palanquin. We'll carry her to the cube. <laughs> Kill all of her rude nun friends, and <laughs> then carry her across the threshold. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's okay. No, wow. it's still dumb. Yep. Yep. The smoking cube opens and a long fingernailed demon guy, I guess, emerges. Yeah, with big rubbery, bouncy fingers. Yeah, yeah. Real, real scary looking demon guy. I guess he's the predestined. (laughs) And they keep him in a cool vape elevator cube. And uh, as he emerges, Granny Vesna reappears uh, to cop a nice little pre-game handful of that sweet, sweet virginity while everyone watches. She's the only person in Serbia who can identify a virgin. (laughs) Yes. And even though she got a whole handful earlier, it's time for seconds. It's not good enough for Granny Vesna. Uh, So while she's just digging around on dude there, (laughs) she apparently finds something is missing and begins to scream in Serbian and finally, we get a subtitles because we see that in Serbian, she had said, she's not a virgin. <laughs> That's the only subtitle. The only subtitle this whole goddamn movie is the one we could all have guessed. <laughs> no shit. Uh, <laughs> so that means that... Means that <laughs> All along, I thought, I thought, you know what, maybe, maybe it was just that they couldn't afford to do subtitles afterwards, and they're like, you know what, fuck it, just release it. But no, this means that it was an actual creative choice to not do subtitles for the rest of the movie. They're like, no, we're only yeah. going to do subtitles here, everyone else can go fuck themselves. <laughs> just going to leave them in the dark, fuck. Oh, fuck. Um... <laughs> This causes the music to intensify, wind begins to blow, the demon makes angry faces, and Beverly kicks the shit out of Vesna. Uh, the demon explodes. <laughs> and then everyone starts panicking and running away, and the professor keeps dramatically yelling, no, no, and it's like, I guess, going up to try to do something, but then he slowly melts down to just a bloody skull. And it's one of those multi-layer shots, mm-hmm. like like a little bit fucked up, then a little bit more fucked up, and, and, and it, it's real choppy and shitty looking. Yep, yep, yeah. But it, it's like, well, if they had done that throughout the movie, I would have thought maybe it was a style thing, but then they just, they only did it for that one death. I, I don't know, maybe they thought it looked cool, but it didn't. Yeah, yeah, it was probably they had like one Professor Andromalic candle to play with. And they kept doing cuts, thinking that they could do it better. But then afterwards, they were like, oh, well, oops. I guess just stitch together the best parts of that. <laughs> That's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. And so now Beverly is by herself. She has, is victoriously unvirgin and an entire millennia-old situation is fucked. <laughs> because she had sex. These airtight plans somehow were foiled. Oh, no. <laughs> so now now we're back in an airport all of a sudden. And uh, a man tells her that she looks so different from three months ago when her original passport photo was taken. 
then someone, as she's leaving, someone comes up and says, uh, "They, you, uh, this book was left for you by by a man. There he is." And so we see it's her ancestral book, and we see in the window is is her her flute urchin sex boy. Tonto is waving at her. Yeah. So she sees her fuck urchin. He disappears, and then she's like, "Well, oh, that's nice," and she gets on the plane. Also, she didn't look any fucking different. All she did was floof her hair a little bit and put some lipstick on. Yeah, yeah. I think she might have gotten a, a tan from that uh, that golden Serbian sun. <laughs> Come to beautiful she got a smoke Serbia. Tan. <laughs> Come to Serbia, get smoke tan. <laughs> Uh, she opens up the book and she sees a picture of her sex boy uh, with a caption that's uh, I wrote down the whole fucking caption. Oh, and by the way, yes. in English. In English, you're not wrong. This ancient, this ancient gilded tome written in English. Yep, yeah, her her Serbian family's ancestral book thing in English, kind of. And the caption is Marius. A monk of the 11th century condemned to death, burned at the stake for demonic practices, rehabilitated in 1625 after being recognized as one of the greatest defenders of the church in the battle against the evil one, ordained a saint in the same year. Jesus Christ. So, it sounds like a placard in a, in a museum. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's a, it's a page in an ancient tome. Yeah, or like a... Yeah, it sounds like uh, the the dedication to a billionaire in the uh, building of a college named after him. <laughs> so in summation, she fucked a saint. She fucked an ancient saint <laughs> to defeat evil. And he showed up as a flute player on that train that Bosco has been enjoying the company of for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I'll bet he's been enjoying his gun. Oh! <laughs> he has no tongue. You know what that means. Hey, Bosco, I'll play your flute. <laughs> Best company. He tells no lies. <laughs> That's great. Um, And then we see the plane is having some turbulence in a very realistic-looking outside-of-the-plane shot. Oh, so real. And just, just to make sure that, to hammer that home, they have a stewardess um, pretend like she's stumbling to her seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because the, the, like, put on your seatbelt sign comes on and it, it just takes a very long time. <laughs> then we see uh, a, a long fingernail demon hand break through the glass of uh, Beverly's uh, window seat window and tries to grab her and like pull her out the window. But then uh, it's fine because that was just a dream, you know, good. Yeah, just a Twilight Zone mm -hmm. sketch dream. Yep. And Terror at 30,000 feet or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then the... Uh, the plane lady is there, whatever they're called. I don't know. Hostess? Sure. Okay. Can I get you something? Flight flight attendant. Flight attendant. Thank you. Uh, Here for bagel? Yeah. Can I get you something? She says, I want to go home. And then we hear more uneven flute music. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, like suddenly she's all stressed out again for no reason. <laughs> I, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> 
Movie over. Credits roll. Life ruined. <laughs> uh, I, I could see the sequel to this whenever she gets back to America and finds out finally that her mom is dead. I know. She never did find yeah, that out. And has to explain to all of those other children's parents why she came home and they didn't. <laughs> They're probably going to be waiting at the airport. <laughs> Because I guess she got a round trip ticket. I don't think she just like magically bought a new ticket. So, where's 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 Angel? Where's my horrible son? Where's my fat curly haired son? Yeah, she's gonna be like, oh, that's right. I wish I was back in Yugoslavia. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh my God, John! <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, what did you? What? What is? What stands out to you about this movie? <laughs> oh my God! It just it just gets more and more insane until it it hits this frenzy of lunacy that that like is trying really hard to hide itself as as an actual movie but it's just the 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 mistakes that are made like the toy train and the the bad orchestrated falling and and the the leaps in logic with absolutely no attempt to even vaguely explain just they just render it like it turns it into some sort of bizarre classic yep yeah, I, I will say, like, this is probably the most I have ever enjoyed a truly terrible movie. Like, it is, you know, there's plenty of it's so bad, it's good movies, but this might be the most bad, it's good. It's it's incredible. I mean, there is one fantastic shot in it, the weird mother goat birth scene, mm -hmm. which could have easily been in a movie like The Witch or something like that. Exact shot could have been used in those movies. Yeah, she didn't even mention, like, the taste of butter. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, just overall, this movie is absolutely insane. I mean, it's just it's just a it's bad ideas, bad direction, bad acting. The whole thing is just terrible, but it but it's it's so insanely fun to watch. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, it is. It. it... I I am I don't know how it achieved it because this movie could just be insufferable. Like you, it could. I don't know. I don't know. But it it really does. It like hits hits all of these great notes and it keeps you on board. Like oh well, I do want to see what happens next. Yeah, if you're gonna have like if you're the kind of person that has movie night and has a bunch of friends over or something and you guys have a bunch of drinks, mm -hmm. this movie would be perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That is that is a good one. Oh, there's going to be so many good drinking games, probably. Oh, God. I mean, the, I mean, God, Christ, if you were able to listen to us basically wheeze our way through this episode, <laughs> give you give you any indication of how outrageously hilarious this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to piss myself there for a minute. <laughs> it's it's really good. <laughs> that is to say this movie is terrible. <laughs> It is fucking terrible. Yeah. There's, there's, I guess there is a little artistic uh, goodness in a few shots. Like, like yeah, the, the, the demon goat birth scene was good. The, the girl ripping her face open was all right, I guess. 
But the, yeah, yeah, some of the effects. The the opening shot, I guess, when the people in silhouette silhouette come over the hill was kind of okay. Yeah, in a weird clunky way, but overall, just just tragically terrible. Yeah, I never want to hear people clacking rocks together again because some of those some of those shots were prolonged, and it really got annoying to listen to with headphones on. Yeah, and you thought the kid in the Empty Man with his teeth were as bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> the this... wet teeth movie. <laughs> this is so much worse. Oh, God. So, yeah, uh, let us... <laughs> well, no, no. Here, uh, John, if you had to give this movie a rating out of out of five... Yeah, and rating zero through five, whatever whatever those things are, what would that rating be? I I, I think I'm going to give it two and a half things, <laughs> just because it was it was entertaining, but it would be criminal to give it three. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I, I I agree. I I ended up giving it two two out of five loathsome things, um, mm-hmm. because you know it's. Half of that is just from it being so entertaining, mm-hmm. but it having like no artistic merit or place of historical significance within film. Like it is, it is a very poorly made mu- movie that somehow managed to be hilarious. Yes, and it it, it has some some scenes that are problematic to say the least and it, it has some overarching themes that are extremely racist <laughs> and and horrendously xenophobic and just just so not only that but just the way that the film was made the circumstances under which it was made all of it is it's deeply offensive yeah highly exploitative and and yeah not okay. i mean th- this th- this part of the world was going through a, a, essentially a cataclysm i mean we're talking about like attempted cultural genocide and thousands and thousands of civilians were killed and these idiots go over there and make this stupid movie where they <laughs> they basically just reduce balkan culture to a bunch of idiots that live in stick huts and hit rocks together mm-hmm. it's like if you really think about it it's like jesus christ what did anyone have any fucking sense to say, uh, it's not a good idea, guys? I mean, it, it was the 80s. There wasn't a whole lot of that going around. No, that's true. <laughs> I, yeah, but, but but having said all that, it is gloriously entertaining. Yep. Yep. And I mean, there's, there's, I did like, I liked the off-kilter religious commentary. It's, you know, uh, hey, look at how creepy a religion is if it's obsessed with a girl's virginity. And yeah. and even like her her thing where she's like plagued with guilt about everything. I was like, oh okay, there's there's some things there. The the director and I guess writer, I don't know. They were going for some sort of artistic integrity. They just they didn't get there. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, exactly. There there's there's some interesting ideas kind of hidden in there, and uh, they're just they're just really badly executed, unfortunately. But it does have this weird kind of dreamlike almost like a bad dream charm. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is, is the haziness that everything has fog or smoke. I mean, every shot damn near, but just part of it is, is just this weird. I mean, just the whole premise that let's, let's have this, you know, the satanic group try to find the perfect virgin, but let, let's, let's take the whole fucking thing on a train ride for no reason. 
It's just bizarre. It's so it's such a random thing. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, wow, I really wasn't expecting this train bit to go on for so long. I, I, when I read the description for it, you know, that it, it basically explains it, you know, and that that kind of, a, you know, like this this girl finds, you know, on a vacation or whatever, finds more than she, you know, bargained for in this train ride to, you know, whatever. It was just like that kind of thing. And I remember thinking, well, hopefully the train part isn't really that big of, you know, maybe they'll actually focus on the story. And then I start watching it and I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of, you know, it's cheesy, but this is kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden it just turns into a fucking train. <laughs> and like, like an hour of just train bullshit. Uh-huh. For no reason. Yep. <laughs> and the, and the, the fucked up thing is you, you, you could say, okay, you could see where if say the director was maybe, you know, from Yugoslavia and, you know, he had some connection and, you know, the guy's like, oh, you know, I have this train. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. And he's like, hey, you know what? I could make a movie with this train. And then he hires a screenwriter and she comes up with some stupid idea just to just to like shoehorn this train in. But no, the original idea was a fucking runaway train Satan movie. <laughs> yeah. Some screenwriter said, this is a good idea. And then someone else said, oh, you know what? I'm going to fucking pay for that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's not like, it's not like Tammy and the T-Rex where they were like, Hey, we've got this T-Rex and it has to go back in three weeks. Let's make a movie. This was like, oh yeah. no, <laughs> we're going to go out and make a train thing. Let's find let's, a train. Let's find, yeah, let's find some country where we can shoot really cheap and and get a, get our hands on a fucking train. Yeah. Should we uh, should we make it like some sort of cool uh, like uh, creative pagan like deity thing? Ah, oh, no, fuck it. Just make it Satan. Yeah, just make it Satan. Make it just. I got a rubber suit that we can just put some tape, some fingers on. Yeah, yeah. We'll just we'll just make it about uh, a pre-Christ Satan passion play. It'll make sense. It's good. I know this guy that he can play like the the uh, antagonist. He's got a pretty cool chin beard. <laughs> oh, cool! Is that Scott Ian from Anthrax? No, no, no. Is he's, he's this this other guy's better? He's like fourteen feet tall. Yeah, Sven Gillette. Sven Gillette, he has a really cool cane that I think we're going to yeah. think I can convince him to use in the movie. Yeah, he's got this cane that may or may not be fucking something. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I like this. It's really coming together. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of H.R. Giger's worst sculptures, this cane. The best thing about this movie is that it was included in a fake trilogy with a Mario <laughs> Bava movie. <laughs> The worst one that nobody watched. Yeah. Uh, and, and a movie that's about a little girl that cusses and just reads endless copies of the same book. Uh, yeah, no. This is like, it's it's like the actual movie version of the Alan Smithy thing where a director makes a terrible film but then doesn't want their name on it. <laughs> so they just, they just use the name Alan Smithy. Mm-hmm. This is like... The endless sequel process where, you know, like you, you just make a movie and if it's a complete piece of shit, you just call it beyond the door. Whatever is the next number in line. 
Thank you for reminding me that that's the name because I knew that there was a name out there and every time I've seen one of these very blatantly white people names as the director, I've been like, I wonder if that's the one. That's what I thought of when I was reading his name the first time. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is some sort of Alan Smithy pseudonym because this movie is terrible. Yeah. Nope, it's just one man's sad career. <laughs> and then they looked at it, and people in, in in Hollywood were like, "Wow, you know what? You should just make cartoons." Yeah, yeah. Time, time to uh, see if Animaniacs is for you. No, maybe Street Sharks. <laughs> Street Sharks, I think, might be right up your alley. Yeah. But just in case you need a fallback, we've got mummies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god good good job jeff quinty or whatever Qu- quitney mm-hmm. yep that uh you you made a thing you made something that's accidentally art we love you jeff <laughs> yes so uh if you have feelings about jeff or this movie or other jeffs or other movies you can reach out and tell us about those things on twitter or instagram at loathsome pod or on facebook at loathsome podcast or anywhere else that you can corner us to talk to us about horror movies yeah don't be shy we uh we're obviously morons so we enjoy talking a load of crap yep yeah. Uh, John, any final thoughts before we close out the chapter of this ancient tome? Uh, you know, as soon as I saw this movie, I thought it would be perfect and for the show. And uh, I, I, you know, it's just one of those things that came out and it, it, it's on an, a service I won't name. But when it came out, I was like, why is this even on here? You know, this looks looks terrible. Then I thought there's got to be a reason, so I watched it, and yeah, there's a reason. Yeah. It's it's hilariously terrible, and 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 it really has kind of earned earned a place in, you know, like cult movie. Uh, you know, it's 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 become kind of a cult favorite for some folks. Uh, probably, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say more so than the first one because the first one is a gleefully terrible Exorcist ripoff, as we had mentioned. But this one, you know, it earned its spot. Yeah. I mean, people are talking about it today. Who would have ever guessed? I'm sure Jeff Quitney didn't no. think that. No, I wonder I wonder if somewhere Jeff Quitney's like, maybe I should start my career back up. <laughs> people are oh, talking this, about a, my film. A podcast about my movie? Ooh, they're even going to call it Jeff Quitney's <laughs> Beyond the Door 3? Getting Three hours crazy. later. My career is oh, over. No, <laughs> they hated it. It's just a whole podcast where they they want more street sharks. I didn't even create that show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff Quitney. <laughs> Schlub. <laughs> yeah. All right, I guess we're done, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and hey, by the way, Jeff, if you're listening, yeah, you're welcome on the show anytime. Oh really. my god, that would I would I would interview you, Jeff. We will we will interview you. I would love to know more things about this movie. 
I mean, we've talked mountains of shit about this movie, but I'll be honest, there's no way in hell I could ever make a movie this entertaining. That's true, yeah. We've we've all we've done is question your moral compass and your professional skills. <laughs> Please come on our show, answer questions, and make us a source of new trivia. <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty certain this is gonna happen. Yep. Yeah, we're getting Jeff on here. <laughs> so tune in in two weeks where we interview Jeff Quitney. <laughs> Get the lowdown on a muck train. <laughs> a title for a movie that's easy to say. <laughs> oh my god. In case you're wondering what's up with Jay Quit. <laughs> Jay quits. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Goodbye, listener. We're dead. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>